Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. My name is Erin Faulkner, and I am a peer support specialist with uh, Montana's Peer Network. And so I just wanted to share kind of my story of how I got here. And so most of the peer support specialists are have gone through as for the family peer support have a child that has special needs. And so my story actually starts earlier than that because I also have some special health needs um, that it was hereditary. So when I was uh, young, like three, four years old, they discovered that I didn't hear very well and that I couldn't see very well. And so I've been wearing glasses and hearing aids since I was about four. And then as I got a little bit older, like middle school, I started having some problems with my joints and um, flexibility, things like that. And um, that really affected me a lot, but this was a long time ago. And this was before IDEA and, um, you know, ADA, all of that kind of thing. So I really didn't have any support aside from speech therapy. And so, and I was, I struggled to get people to understand what I was going through. And so when I was, got into my twenties, I started going to some doctors and started figuring out, you know, yeah, there is something going on with my joints. And so then it was like, all right, I've got hearing stuff, vision stuff, joint stuff. This has got to be not a coincidence. There's got to be something going on. So I went to Shodare genetics department and um, visited with them and they diagnosed me with a uh, connective tissue disorder called Stickler syndrome. And, and that affects basically all of those areas um, and uh, kind of gives me a little bit of a different facial features, smaller mouth and jaw. And I don't have any problems there though. Um, but the one thing that Shodair did, I would just say the biggest thing was the validation that what I was saying was going on, what I was feeling um, was, was real. And um, so that was a really big moment in my life. Um, and then I got married, wanted to have a child and Stickler syndrome is 50% hereditary. And so um, I made a decision to at least have one child. Um, and so immediately um, we knew that she also had Stickler syndrome. And so she, I at least knew what some of the supports were because I finally had gotten there myself. And I feel like because I had gone through it myself, I was in a little bit of a better place um, to be able to support her. Also, we now had a lot of laws and things like that in place, but I was still doing it on my own. And so, you know, with school, we were teaching her to advocate for herself. We were seeing audiologists and ophthalmologists and orthopedics. And um, and then when she went to the deaf and blind school, um, I finally discovered about early intervention services. So we got with that program. And that's where I learned a lot more about what was out there. So one of the things was that we had seen some different doctors and we ended up, I don't like the word, but doctor shopping. Um, we had some experiences that were just not pleasant. They were not good. We felt like we were blown off. Um, and I felt like it was the same as what I felt when I was um, in my 
late teens and stuff is, you know, I have my joints are doing this stuff. Well, did you hurt them? Have you been in sports? Well, no. Well, then it's nothing. And it just kind of kept getting blown off. And so that's what happened to Sam too. I mean, we traveled to Spokane six hours to be seen for five minutes and blown off. And so we would, you know, so we started um, looking at some other people because we wanted to be heard. Yes, maybe you can't do anything right now, but what we really wanted was to be heard. Um, and so that became really important. Um, some other stuff that we had to deal with was making some decisions about preventative surgeries. And it's just a very rare condition that we have. There's not a lot known about it. And so then I had to talk to doctors. I got on Facebook groups with other people with sticklers to say, have you done this? Do you recommend it? What's the best thing? And, and uh, make some decisions on having her eye, some eyes, preventative eye surgery and some preventative um, surgeries for her knees. And so that was really difficult. And I'm navigating this all by myself basically. I mean, I've got family support, but I am navigating all of this and making these decisions by myself. And then, you know, and there's some of the feelings that all of this is going through is, you know, guilt. I knew, I knew she could get this and I made the decision to do it anyway. Um, so there's some guilt about that sadness. Um, I, you know, getting a little bit teary about it, talking about it. It's been hard for her and then it makes it hard for me, you know? So, um, a lot of feelings going on. Um, and then this was an uh, experience I had that I think was really telling in how my mind was working different than somebody else that's not in the situation. So when Sam was five, we found out that she had a tumor on her bladder. And so we had to go to Seattle and we didn't know what it was. We didn't know where exactly what was going on. And so she was having a biopsy. And so during this biopsy, I've got my mother-in-law there, my sister-in-law, my husband, and I am talking about finances. What will happen if she has cancer? How are we going to support this? Somebody's not going to be able to work. What are we going to do? And I'm trying to figure this out. And I'm being told, don't worry about that right now. Don't worry about that. And my response was, I have to worry about that right now. Because when she comes out of this and she has cancer, if she does, I have to put 100% into her. And I can't worry about this other stuff right now. And so that was something they couldn't understand because they weren't in it. They didn't. Um, and, uh, and so again, I'm navigating that by myself and having to make, you know, to think about that myself. And so now as Sam is an adult, she's 20 and she's in college and doing very well, but so, and she's having to learn, she's advocates for herself. She's making her own appointments. Um, she has some anxiety as well. And uh, she's seen counselors and she's doctor shopped uh, counselors going, you're not, you're not what I need. And I need to, you know, get the help that I need. And, um, and now currently right now, I'm also looking to, I'm looking for a new doctor. I'm not happy with the doctor I have. When I said, I want somebody who can, you know, I want to see a pain specialist, somebody that can help me with these overall issues. And I was basically talked out of it. And so I want to see somebody else because I don't think that I was being listened to. So now to kind of put this all together is, like I said, I never really received peer support myself. And one of the things I think that I would have appreciated it for is to talk to somebody else to tell the story and have somebody sympathize, empathize without me seeming like I'm complaining all the time, right? I'm telling somebody, I have this, I have this. You know, and it's like, you just seem like you're, I think complaining is how people might hear it and not get it. So I think that 
having somebody sympathize with me, empathize, say, that sucks. That just, that's, that just sucks. You know, when I was growing up and saying, my hearing aid battery is dying, nobody else could get it and get how difficult that was to be in school and not have a battery on with you or something, you know? I mean, it, it, there's a, um, a lot of that that I would have liked. Um, and the other thing is just to say to parents now is, you know your child the best. Yes, there are professionals and everything, but you know your child the best. When my daughter was having her first pains from this bladder thing, and they would test her and say, it's fine, she'll get better, it's just viral, it'll go away. And it was, and I calling and saying, it's not, she's not okay, um, because I knew her the best. And I think so, um, you know, having people that have been through it can understand that and reinforce that in other parents and saying, you're not crazy. You totally have a right to say this, um, I think is really is so important. And, you know, I wish that I had had that through, through all of these years. Um, so, and that's my story. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.